Ernie. Wait, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I would clear my throat when you said it. Okay. Hey y'all, I'm Journey. And I'm Brooks. Thank you all for tuning into Fake Deep Podcast, currently recording via a Skype call. Yes. So the last episode that we had, we were talking about letting go. And um, I don't know, it was just very like free off the top of the dome type of show. But I think that there was a lot of good points about just priorities and motives of why we want to do certain things. And we're going to have a special guest on the show today because we feel like she's a very, very excellent example of what it means to be intentional with the work that you put out and to also do so while... um, being mindful of community and being mindful of how the greater good can be impacted by it. So do you want to take it away? Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the last episode we did, it was very healing for me. So I'm really glad that we had that conversation and I expect this to be like the follow-up from that. Cause we talked a lot about um, letting go. And I think we're going to hit moving on and like, what does moving on look like and moving forward look like, especially when you're somebody who takes your work seriously. So that's where I guess comes in. Go ahead. You take it away now. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm Raquel Benjamin. Um, I'm also known as Renaissance Rock. I am a social impact artist. And so I use visual art as a way of being disruptive, challenging, and with the main purpose of inspiring change. Mm. So Raquel has always been a very cool girl, like the cool girl. And I've always looked up to her from a distance because we went to high school together. And I want our listeners to just kind of like get an idea of of the scene when I probably when I first saw you 2014 right and I'm 15 I'm in high school the girls all have their bodycon dresses on you know showing off their little curves their little contours Target was popping like everybody had an oversized cardigan from Target because that was just the deal uh the boys were all on Instagram figuring out how to get a girl's number by liking 12 pictures in a row And Instagram was a place for selfies, selfies, period. Twitter was a platform for jokes, like straight jokes, maybe political commentary if you had the range. I did not. So I was here for the jokes, right? And then Tumblr was at its peak. And Raquel, you, in the midst of all of this, these things that were considered normalities, you always showed out to be a unique person, the way you presented yourself in real life and as well as online, your online presence. And you even did that through entrepreneurship with your online shop, Shop Benji. So first off, where did that spirit of entrepreneurship even come from? And like, what made you feel that your uniqueness needed to be put out in that way? That's a good question. So, okay, so I started my first business when I was 11 years old. Um, It was actually called Clay Runway, and I used to sculpt these little miniatures with my hands, and I landed on this website called Etsy, um, and I saw other people selling their stuff, so I was like, oh my gosh, I want to sell my stuff. Um, So one thing I want to, that I think really is important is that I kind of, I started my first business when I was 11, but now I'm 22, and in between that time span, I've had three businesses. So the first one, Clay Runway, the second one, Shop Benji, and now this third one, which I'm doing is called My Silent Protest. Um, And I kind of divvy it up by, it started with passion, then it led to profit, and then it led to purpose. Um, And so Shop Benji, kind of with that success, I know you see that success, but it actually was what led to my biggest downfall um, because I didn't have the right character. Um, you know, I have on my wall right here that, you know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, and so it may appear that I had it together, but, um, especially with my walk with God, I started to realize I didn't have it all together. I was kind of distracted by what this world considers to be success. So, yeah. And we talked about that, um, in our last episode as well, like having the right intentions when you're like putting out something that comes from your heart. Cause it was like, 
I can relate to when you're saying that you didn't have the right character at the time because when you're first thinking about starting something amazing like when we started this podcast it was like ooh I want to you know start inspire for people and like be you know so like incredible or whatever but then at the root of it though there's something in you that's like I want to be seen I want to be known I want like this to pop and I want people to like dig it and all of that and like you were saying um your character was such a major part of it so who were you at that time when you started and then who were you like near the end okay so so my sign protest i should have mentioned before it's a a platform for activists leaders and disruptors or just people who want to make a difference but don't want to do it in like the conventional ways that we think making a difference has to look like um, and I had the idea for my silent protest five years ago, and I'm only starting to see, um, you know, you don't see the tree the day you plant the seed. Um, and I, you know, a lot of times I feel like God gives us a vision of where we'll be, but a lot of times he's going to refine our character before we get there. Um, and so he showed me that I was an incredibly vain individual, um, incredibly materialistic, um, I love the validation from people. Um, yeah, you name it, prideful, all of that. I, you know, I'm, I talk about wanting to be a leader. I think that we have desire. We do, like, we all want to be influential. But um, I always ask myself, like, what's the motive behind your motivation? What drives you to do what you want to do? And so, yeah, a lot of that, he stripped a lot of things from me to be able to get me here um, to kind of promote me on a platform so that way I represent him in the right way. Do you feel like, so you kind of, I, I first heard of your first business through social media and personally, I struggle so much with social media now. Honestly, Brooks, ever since we had that live show at Outdoor Voices with Jalen talking about whether branding is necessary and all of that, I was like, dang, like, I really want social media to be fun again. But there's a lot of pressure for it to be the space to grow your business, to grow your audience, to grow like whatever it is that you create. And that creation doesn't even come from other people it starts from you it starts from the thing that you want to do so do you feel like any type of well how do you deal with using social media with something that you're you're creating with your business mm -hmm. huh. well when you talk about like branding or whatever that was for me how I started I started to think about well, what do I want my brand to be what do I want people to know me for um, and I, that really led to discovering, it's like, how can you have a brand identity if you don't really know your own true identity? So these last few years have been really about me learning about who I am. Um, so this process was me, um, like I said, I had success. I, I made a lot of money um, for someone very young, um, but I, you know, I, I covered myself with clothes. I thought I thought being telling people this what I've accomplished uh, was my value. Um, so it got to a point where I, uh, you know, I felt like God was telling me that you need to sell off your clothes. So I sold off my clothes. Um, I bought five black t-shirts, three pairs of blue jeans, and I wore that for almost two years straight. And I had to learn how to love me. I had to learn how to see the beauty. Like there's something really empowering about knowing that your spirit is beautiful, that people look at you and there's like, they're not even looking at what's on the outside of you. It's, they're seeing, you like the real you and I think that's the that's what God sees of us is us without all this exterior stuff so yeah absolutely I <laughs> no I love it look you're on the right podcast no seriously <laughs> um we want all of that my question is how old were you when you first started the passion part and then the profit part and then the purpose part um, so the first business was Clay Runway and I was 11. Um, and then I did, I love to create, but I didn't enjoy people telling me when to create, when they want it. You know, I'm like, okay, I know you ordered two weeks ago, but I'm 13. 
want to make my own stuff, you know, when I want to make it. So I really started to neglect that. And so I kind of fell off. Then shot Benji, I think I was maybe like 15, 16. Um, I, for fun, made like some stickers and uh, like pop culture inspired stuff. And this is the time where people were wearing like, you know, emoji sweatpants and just embarrassing history. But <laughs> I just knew what people wanted. And so I made it, but I started really sacrificing my values for money. And then now, um, around college, maybe 2018 to 22, that's when the works of my sign protest started. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, you go, Journey. Oh, no, go ahead, Brooks. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about these Skype and Zoom calls. It'd be so funny. Um, but where where is it that you want sil- my silent protest to go? Mm. So the big vision, at least the vision, this, it might be small, but um, I want to own a, a a building and the bottom floor will be a, a, an art gallery space and the top floor will be kind of like a, an atelier where I make the clothes. Um, I feel like I didn't really touch deep on what the clothes will be about but again just think of what a a real silent protest is people come into a space where a conversation isn't necessarily necessarily invited um but they make a bold statement and sometimes that's how you get the conversation going so yeah Mm, i like that concept (laughs) really do um about you know, coming into a space and you said that it's not necessarily invited to have a conversation. Um, so you're saying like that would be the external piece of like the clothes and that would just be mm-hmm. the protest in itself. Yeah, okay. pretty much. That's fire. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, did you have something? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I like really do not want to like talk over somebody because it cuts out our voices. We didn't say that on the on the podcast, but yeah, it cuts out our voices when we overlap. Um, I had a really, I was like really really blown away by your concept for your mask that you're selling right now. Um, could you talk about why you felt um, that you made the intentional decision, or if the mask felt incomplete without putting the verse on the side of it? Yeah. Um, so there's a scripture that says, um, he is on my wall somewhere. Oh, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so, um, I just saw that people were buying hand sewn masks. Um, I'm like, that's, that's a good idea. You know, I'm thinking about the bank, you know, originally, but I immediately got, you know, I feel like God communicates to me through pictures and, you know, visions and dreams. And so I just saw the scripture um, on it. And so I've, I've had to learn that as an artist, it, especially like uh, my main goal is to serve God through my art. Um, he wants me to be obedient to what he's telling me to do. And so this is just like a creative way for people to open their Bibles. This is a time where people are fearful in this pandemic. People need a reason to have hope. And, um, you know, I just kind of want to give people a reason to have peace, you know, the same way that I do. I love that. That's really uh, a really bold thing to say that, like, your your desire is to serve God through the work that you do, because I feel like that's a not a lot of people would say that. People would say it on the inside, silently to themselves. Like that's like secretly, that's my plan the whole time. But to say that out loud and have that be um, the thing that drives you and have that be the axle of your work is really, is really, really special. I was reading an article from Bianca Vivian. Y'all gonna get tired of me mentioning her on this show. Um, She's your fave. She's my absolute fave. But she wrote an article on the New York Times about the religious left um, and just saying how there's so much power when a group of people who have morals aligned with things that they deeply, deeply believe in also use that to propel their political beliefs and propel their actions. And 
I would say that like what you are doing is is radical in that sense. And is that something that you actively look to doing, like being radical in the things that you do and the things that you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, like my sign of protest in itself is about disruption. I think um, my, you know, my purpose is to inspire change. It's to challenge perceptions. And I feel like uh, you have to be bold and disruptive if you want to challenge people's perceptions. So, yeah. And it's amazing. I love how, because, you know, growing up, I'm, I just have to tell a story apparently, but growing up, um, I, I felt like I didn't want to do what I was raised to do. I grew up in church. Both my parents are like, I guess not pastors, but a little bit assistant pastors, whatever in my church. Um, but growing up, I didn't have any connection to the people. I didn't have connection to, well, more of the people, but not God. And when I got to college, I started to, you know, reject what I learned and what I grew up with. And I thought that that was me rebelling against it all, you know, and trying to be someone new. But that actually, I realized that going with the flow of what everybody else is doing is actually like, you are cultural at that point. Like, you're not countercultural. You're not really disrupting anything. <laughs> you're actually like propelling it forward. Um, and so I now looking back on, and hearing what your um, the whole motive behind your silent protest is like, you know, wanting to disrupt and wanting to do things that change perspectives. I think that it's the most radical thing to tell somebody like you're not God, especially in America. Like, yeah, they don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear that. Um, and so I think that that boldness is really, really encouraging and it's amazing. And I was wondering how you got to this point where you are um, blending faith and your art as well. That's the point. Oh, man. Ooh. OK, uh, how do I condense this in a short amount of time? So. Um, I battled with social anxiety for, I feel like I told during this, um, you know, the time we hung out, um, but I battled with social anxiety for over as long as I can remember. And it was debilitating. I mean, having, making eye contact with people would send me into, uh, panic. Um, and it got to a point in college where I realized I started like, you know, starting to have a little relationship with God. I kind of was like you, I started trying to be the own God of my life. And, you know, I had the success. I, you know, had the recognition, the stuff I wanted. So I thought I was, I thought I created my own success. Um, so it just got so to the point of being so debilitating that um, I was, I can't, I can't influence people. I can't um, talk to people with this, struggle in my life and um, I don't know if you guys have ever had that moment where you're like god you just do this for me like I'll, I'll do this <laughs> process like, yeah. yeah so I didn't say that exactly but I had that level of desperation it's like I I need this gone out of my life I can't keep living um like that um so and on top of that at the same time I was really struggling with knowing who I serve um, because at the time, I, again, I said I was really vain. I thought I was above other people. It's so it's so silly because I felt like I was superior to others, but at the same time, I wanted their validation. So it just makes no sense. But um, yeah, I was struggling with that mental illness, and I also was struggling with knowing who I want to serve. And um, I fully surrendered my life to God about two years ago. And two days after I did that, I I know it was God. I went to a park and I met this man named James. And I don't know if he was homeless, but you know, it, it was clear from our conversation that he was in a bad situation. Um, but he turned out to be one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. And that experience changed me for the rest of my life because my definition of what cool looked like isn't what he isn't what he looked like. Um, and it humbled me. And um, that was also around the time where I just decided like I'm selling off my clothes and I'm you know, gonna start wearing black all the time because I don't want the attention to be about me anymore. And I totally forgot the question because I'm going in, but- <laughs> Please keep going. What was the question again? So I remember, uh, remember to stay on track. Um, how faith and um, your art 
collided the story. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So homeless, homeless guy, well, I don't know if he was homeless, but um, so I met that guy and I realized like, I don't want to serve people who feel like they're superior. Um, I also went to school for fashion marketing. So marketing can be very deceptive. So I learned that you could sell a white t-shirt at Walmart and sell a white t-shirt, let's say Balenciaga, and you could have someone feeling better than the person who bought the same white t-shirt at Walmart. So I realized I don't want to use my gifts, my knowledge to uh, just make money. I actually want to use these things to help people. So, and then on top of that, being fully delivered from social anxiety, knowing that it was God who did that for me, I'm like, I can't live life anymore serving myself. You know, he guides me where I need to go. So it just makes no sense. Why try and be the why try and navigate my own life when he's already the bl- the blueprint, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. I understand that when a lot of people um, go through these experiences where their life has changed and they fully develop their relationship with God, it's like them and God, nothing else can separate them, nothing else is near them. It's kind of like a sense of isolation, um, quarantine, if you will. Um, no, it's not forced. It's <laughs> it's it's something that people need. I, I know a lot of people right now who are just feeding their spirit so much and it's best for them to have as little distraction as possible. Um, and that's something that I want to get out of my time in quarantine eventually. But I also wonder about what is that process like coming out of that isolation? Because at the end of the day, we're all called to do work in the world. And so we can't avoid being in the world. We can't avoid the fact that distractions are there. Whether they actually distract you is another thing, but they are definitely present. So I'm just wondering, how does that isolation to... um, isolation to, I guess, like rebirth in the world look like, or are you still considered like, you took a social media break for a while. That's what I'm kind of referring to. So what was it like coming back into the world, so to speak? Oh, um, let me think about that. So basically when you have a, a desire and you stop feeding that desire, it starves. And so you no longer have the appetite for whatever you desired. Um, And like I said, I I live for people's validation of me. And so I feel like a lot of times um, when God wants to refine your character, he, he tells you, you know, you need to leave this alone and you need to see what life is like without it. So um, not having that distraction of social media really gave me time to see myself, um, really gave me time to stop doing things. You really start to see what you do just to get the approval of other people. Um, you know, you actually start to see what you really enjoy and what you, you pretend to enjoy. And I got really tired of pretending like I like things just because it's what other people like. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I think Brooks and I are both pro social media break and I've definitely experienced that where I just realized like I don't actually like that thing or became more conscious about my time and it's a really beautiful experience like you get to see life and your own personality in its fullness without the distractions of other people so yeah yeah I agree and when you were talking about your desires changing I think that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and also my own issues with people pleasing and needing validation. God, he got on me about that too, because what I want to do and I really, really admire about you is using your platform and using what the gifts you have in your hand to glorify God. I think that's amazing. And I want to do the same thing. And it's just like when we were saying earlier, that's very countercultural. It can bring that up in you. It can make you scared. It can make you feel like, okay, but nobody's really on that. Like it's best to just like leave it alone. You don't want people to feel like you're pushing something on them. And now that, you know, 
I'm starting to have a stronger relationship with God, I realize how ridiculous it is to say that someone's pushing their like their religious views on you when they might just be, you know, doing something subtle as with your mask, putting Isaiah 41:10 on the side. Like it's not anybody trying to push who they are on you. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is, do you have any encouragement for somebody who wants to start shifting what they've been doing before, but they realize that it's on some, like, we're going this direction now and we're not turning back anymore. I know that that can be a point of, um, just, it's scary for people. And so is there any encouragement that you would give to your past self who was dealing with that? Oh, give me about like 30 seconds to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Okay, reiterate that question one last time because it was like two different questions in one. So I want to make sure I answer it correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So, first is the first question was how can someone push past their fear of wanting to incorporate their faith in their work? And then the second question is, um, how has your relationship with God changed your, um, your need for validation? Mm-hmm. Both of those. Okay, first question is, I don't know why I'm blanking. Sorry, say it one last. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so basically, I'll connect the two so they don't seem so isolated. <laughs> so the first question is about your desires changing once you get closer to God, because I think that from the point, the viewpoint of you of somebody who's dealing with being a people pleaser or scared of people not liking them, it can be scary to put their faith in what they do because they realize that that cuts off a group of people from them, or it just shows like, I'm not on that anymore. So how can somebody push past being so scared of people in order to follow what they feel called to? I guess that's the full question. All right. I just want to make sure I answer it correctly. No, thanks Um, for giving me an opportunity to clarify. (laughs) Um. Well, first of all, we don't serve people who don't serve. Okay, this sounds that sounds kind of. <laughs> I felt it coming. No, I, I was liking that. <laughs> I, I was just say we don't serve people who don't serve us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, no. So okay, I, I have a bunch of like uh, scriptures on my wall. So whenever I do hit like a blank, like I did right now, I look up and see, you know, maybe something pertains to this conversation. So like, there's a scripture that says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Mm. So, you know, if you're worried about what people think of you, you need to ask yourself, who are you serving? And first of all, you have to really assess what you're feeling. If you're feeling worried, if you're feeling fear, doubt, then you know that's not of God and you know that's not what he wants you to do. So instead of fueling that, turn turn back, you know, and um, start doing things in faith, fearlessly. Um, you know, I always say, feel the fear and do it anyway, you know? So, yeah. I, I think I first saw you write that on... Um, on one of your one of your platforms, Raquel, and it stuck with me feeling the fear and doing it anyway, because feeling the fear is fearing in itself. Like that's a scary thing in general to do, like to let yourself sit in the fact that you are afraid of something. It feels like it hurts your ego. It truly does. Um, But it's like that that point you have a choice to move forward to keep feeling the fear to ignore the fear and go back um and there's so much power in like that moving forward and just bringing this all back to the the fact that we're all in quarantine and we're all in a moment where a lot of people are feeling fear and it's difficult to move forward because we literally there is no there's a lot of questions about tomorrow and the week after that and the month after that um yeah that's just that's something that I want to like, just 
emphasize that feeling the fear is not going to feel good, obviously, but it's still a choice that we get to make. And it's a blessing that we even have that choice. Because imagine, imagine a world where we feel the fear and it's like, okay, that's it. Your life is just you being scared of, of everything, of the God you serve, of the people that part of you wants to serve. Um, but yeah, we have like that choice to move forward, which I'm really, really grateful for. Um, I know you said you've been spending your time like making the mask, but what have you been doing uh, just to keep yourself grounded while you're in this, I'm assuming you're at home um, as we all are. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? So right now I joined a small group. So I'm with a lot of women who also are equally as passionate as, you know, knowing more about God. Um, and I've just been with my family. I think to me that has been, I've been, you know, privileged. I graduated last year and been privileged to be able to stay home, um, have really supportive parents who, you know, they were the people who always nurtured um, my creativity. So um, just being around them really just, to me, it just, I don't know, it's its healing for me to be around people who love me and who I can be honestly my weakest around. So yeah, spending time with family and pushing myself to start my ideas. Felt that. I think that's everybody right now in quarantine. Like, I didn't know some people could sing. I didn't know some people could paint. I didn't, like, everybody got a YouTube channel now. I just think that's beautiful that people have really not started immediately like it wasn't like oh bet like we two weeks in like i already started my fortune 500 company it was like now i see after maybe three weeks to a month in like people are starting to roll out with really good ideas um i was wondering how did you start to implement well i know that you did the profit thing around 16 you said 16 okay and around that age can you tell us what you learned, trial and error, of what it means to make profit and what your craft is mm. and what that was for you? Um, what it means to make profit? Not what it means, but more of like, <laughs> what what tips do you have from your trial and error of making profit using your own skills and your own gifts? Okay. So one thing that... Um, has really humbled me going into my current business is that nothing belongs to me. Um, everything belongs to God. So my finances, my resources, my time, you know, my energy, it does not belong to me. And so, um, you know, one of my struggles, my uh, second business going around is I didn't have discipline. Um, I would spend money on completely worthless things, um, not put it to things that actually grow. Um, so I'm definitely learning now is like how to be a good, I'm learning how to be really responsible with, with money, um, and putting into things that actually grow pretty much. Yeah. Where'd you get that insight from? Was it like any resources that you could get us hit to? Um, going broke. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> That will you know, do he, it. Was, he was warning me, you know, stop spending like this. And, you know, it got to a point where I wasn't making the money. I was on a wave, but, you know, a wave, a wave goes down. Um, so that that humbled me as well. It's like, well, I have to learn how to be faithful with a little bit so now I could be faithful with a lot. So, yeah. And honestly, is that not like the spirit of of black people in general, like making the most out of what we have? I was thinking the other day, like when people, okay, so you know, people will see, uh, I think I saw a picture of like some dudes riding through the street with like this, this bicycle that they made of random parts. It was crazy looking, right? And of course, the description a lot of people will use is like ghetto, right? Oh, this ghetto, like whatever. But truly, 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 like we do such a good job at being creative people, not because it's a trendy term or not because um, it's just how we make money. It's just what we do. Um, Making the most out of what we have, like just being able to create and being broke, like not having a lot of money, you find out 
the how creative you really 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 are um having resources like having cameras having the newest sewing machine like having all of this stuff or even as you were saying earlier having the balenciaga white shirt that you know you actually had to go on the balenciaga.com to get it not walmart up the street like having these things it it's kind of like takes away from um from our ability to fully, fully create and like use our brain, use our mind and use our hearts to the extent um, because that's kind of like what lack does to you. Lack, I'm using quotation points, like having, not having a lot, you find out that you can actually make a lot with it. And I was saying in the last episode that I, like my shopping addiction has gone away. Um, and I didn't even realize Brooks, I didn't check my, my bank account. Um, <laughs> when we did that episode but if I did I really would have been like yeah this is affirmation that I should not be buying anything because ain't nothing in here anyway (laughs) (laughs) so people really be sleep on being broke and not having the things that the world tells them that they should have and it's I'm really glad that you can be honest and say like yeah like not having it showed me (laughs) showed me how to be responsible with it because I mean imagine I always, I always think of like, if I can't take care of the little bit that I have now, why would God, why would anybody want to give me something else that's bigger and grander and more expensive? Like being responsible with the little bit that you have now. And I really hope people listening to this, because we have a lot of like listeners who are our age, maybe a little bit younger, like we we don't have salaries like that. Um, (laughs) And it can be really disappointing, like having conversations about the state of the world when we don't have uh, like right now, I don't have an income coming in. I don't have a salary. So how am I to make these decisions about what I'm going to do in the future? But I have a little bit like I have a I have a father, like I have a mother, I have a place to live in. I have food and I got like a little, little bit in my bank account. So I'm gonna make it work and, you know, use the extents of my heart and my mind to create what I need to, whether that's like creating new meals for myself um, or like literally creating something that I can sell and then get profit from. So, yeah. Yeah. I also like that you put lack in quotation marks because I truly believe that we always have everything exactly what we need every single day. You know, you may not have the $5,000 to start your business, but you have the laptop that can start researching where you can find the money. You know, you have a phone that can call people up. So, I mean, even that is what I think God uses to refine our character and be humble. So, I realized I actually loved the stage where I didn't have any money because um, I started to see what I actually had right in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something came to my mind when you were talking about when you brought up the point that Raquel made earlier about um, how people feel like they're better than somebody because they have Balenciaga versus them getting the same white T-shirt at Walmart. It made me think about with your project, Silent Protest, how it will actually be empowering people to, um, you know, make a statement from within about how they express themselves on the outside. Because when these corporations and capitalism in general, it's telling you that you need this in order to be well off, to be desirable, to be lovable, to be liked. Um, And it reminded me of this video that I watched not too long ago about humanitarians. And this guy was saying that they go to these countries, a lot of missionary trips or just these people who go out, like he used the word white saviorism, go out to these places and they're like, oh, you actually can't do this on your own. Like, we're going to come and build this house for you. And And the people living there actually have way more experience and they're way more capable of building these homes. And it tells them that, dang, I can't even do it myself. I need 17 year olds from America to come and do this for me. And it leaves them with no sense of empowerment. And it makes their like, it just brings their morale down. And so it just, it just, that connection came together when I was thinking about fashion, because it's like, when you are telling people like, it's not about these brands, it's about the whole intention behind knowing that you're already enough. And then you just, you know, look fly or you put on your own style and express what's actually coming out of your heart because that doesn't, none of this matters. Like when you're thinking about um, the price tag of something, unless it's like better quality or whatever, but to tell somebody that they're only, they're only valuable because of what they have or 
what more they can do. It really strips away from them ever feeling like they'll be enough. So that's another affirmation I want to give you on your project. Cause I'm like, that's so dope. Like it will actually empower people to like themselves. Like that. <laughs> and because you have a background in fashion marketing, I just have to ask, um, background or just as a side note, I am so obsessed with learning about the new um, ethical fashion brands, um, you know, slow fashion brands and Instagram with their sneaky algorithm ways, they know that that's something I'm interested in. And so every time I scroll, that's what I see, like, you know, zero waste brands and like we we use eucalyptus instead of cotton and blah, blah, blah. And so I want to hear from you, a professional. What is <laughs> what is the truth? Like, are the rise of these ethical brands do you feel that they're genuine in it? And is it something that is necessary? Are there too many of them now? Because I feel like there's a ton of them now. Um, and what can people who are consumers or people who want to go into fashion in the most uh, ethical way possible, like how can we navigate that? Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, I would definitely, we would have to sit and talk with every person who starts these brands and see what their true intentions are. But sometimes I'm really skeptical of a very large company claiming to be sustainable because more than likely the amount of product that they're producing isn't sustainable regardless. So um, I'm just over the fluff. I'm over the, the, you know, the fluffy marketing and making me feel good. Um so I've just, I've totally blocked it out from my mind because they all look the same. Um, but, and then what was the second question? Oh, no, that was it. Oh, well, people who are consumers or people who want to go into fashion and want to do it as sustainably as possible, what are things that they could, like, what should they be honest with themselves about? Yeah. Um, well, for me, at least personally, I do want to be very committed to using like natural fibers and organic cotton, silk, um, linen. Um, But really it's what they want. I know that sounds super bland, but um, they have to have conviction behind why they choose the things they do. So, yeah. And I like what you were saying earlier about the what their actual intentions behind them doing ethical or sustainable anything. And I think that applies even generally to why do people do good things? And I had the most incredible conversation with a friend the other day and she was saying like, people do like, there's, they can do the right thing or they can be kind or they can be good, but in a certain way, and there's actually articles about this, like in business journals, about you know soft skills and being able to work with people and being able to be agreeable and kind, like that's also a strategy to get ahead. <laughs> and so it's like, it gets so much deeper than just being a good person or doing the right thing as a business. It's just like, is your intention of being a good person to get ahead? Or is it like you, like you feel like you have to answer to God for how you treat people or how this business is being ran, even though people might not be able to see it. Like it's really, it's a matter of integrity, right? Which I think is ironic that if you're trying to be a good person to get ahead, that's not really being a good person. You're not really truly a good person then. Right. The whole point. And I'm like, And so that kind of brought that thought back up into my mind about, you know, these companies saying this is sustainable or this is ethical. And it's like you and Coca-Cola like made their labels green and they were like organic Coca-Cola. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, girl, you just try to do a good thing. (laughs) Knowing that you're just trying to get ahead and get the vegans to maybe consider. No, companies really just be integrating the color green and be like, that's what we save the planet. <laughs> or, or they change their boxes to be that like brown paper bag <laughs> Beige. <laughs> Next. Oh my God. You're not well, <laughs> I know, I feel like people listening to this episode, because Raquel, like you, 
you have experience with businesses. Like not just you had one, but you've had three and you've watched them <laughs> exactly th- three and you've watched them grow as uh, they've grown with you. Yeah, they've grown with you. Um, what can people take away about how to start an impactful business for themselves? Because this is going to be the episode where people use this as a resource, um, like as a sign to start that thing that they've been telling themselves that I should start, but they want to do it in a way that it's not just for profit, especially in this economy. Like we can't just be selling frivolous things. They want it to be impactful. So how do they, what are the steps? Okay. So I have two things. So a lot of people, they struggle with um, wanting to go after their purpose because a lot of times they see that, oh, there's no money in this area. But if God has, he has already written your story. So you don't really have to be concerned about how it's going to happen or if it's going to work. Um, I always remind myself that God supplies his ideas. So if he gave you a picture of a house, um, Mm I give you the tools to build it. And if you say you don't know how to build the house, then he's going to teach you how to build the house. So don't be concerned about feeling like you don't have enough resources or feeling like people are not paying attention to that type of um, what you like. Um, Lauren Hill said this in an interview. It's like when you're the moment you're cool, you're no longer cool anymore because the world's going to move on from you. So it's it's likely that what you're called to do is ahead of it. It's ahead of its time. That's what vision is. You're going to be doing something that people um, don't recognize. But we have to recognize that people move with the wind a lot of times, and they just they don't really truly always like what they really like. Um, but people remember what's real, and they'll recognize your authenticity. Um, and secondly, um, I have it like written on my wall over there is like your character will take you places where your talent can't. Um, there's no point of being, you may know that you're talented. You may know that you're destined for success, but if you can't answer an email on time, you can't attend the meeting. Um, you don't arrive 10 minutes early. Um, if you walk into a room and people feel intimidated by you, if they feel uncomfortable by you, people remember how you make them feel more than they remember what you do. So uh, look at your character first before you start trying to uh, be a business owner, because you are the person who's going to be the face of it. Yeah. Good. (laughs) That was so good. Wow. (laughs) You know, when you get convicted and like you get that chill that just shoots right through your skin. (laughs) I was like, oh, dang, you're right. Um. See, this is the stuff they don't share in them free business webinars I can watch Instagram. Okay. <laughs> they don't tell me that my ideas will be supplied naturally by divine order. They don't tell me that. Oh, God, like, that was so good. This Man. Was, um, I'm so glad you hmm? Oh, no, I was saying I'm glad you guys are doing this. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you're here, like talking with us. Honestly, this is a a really powerful little triangular link up. But you mentioned Lauren Hill, and I have to wonder who are your influences now? Like you've you stripped down to the rawest version of yourself. Um, what is it that you allow to influence you now? Mm. I definitely have to discern the person that I'm paying attention to. Um, so, you know how they say real recognize real, you know? So, you know, I just, sometimes you feel it. Um, but I'm very, I'm very weary about, um, ever making somebody the source of my inspiration or who I get my information from, uh, Again, always God. I feel like he'll lead me to watch someone's video or read someone's post, but I'll never continue to go back to that same person to to get information or to lead me, essentially. So uh, in terms of people, I can't even, I honestly can't even. That's so cool. You don't even have one. (laughs) No, I'm so serious. Like, that's the coolest thing ever because I'm really... I'm always so angry at our generation and our ways of idolatry. Like we idolize anybody who says something nice, like, and then we see it backfire and we get upset at the person when we should be angry at ourselves. Like the amount of times that celebrities 
they get famous and we uplift them. Oh my gosh, king, queen, like, yes, I stand. And they make a mistake because they're human and we all make mistakes. We're all, we can be awful. (laughs) I was going to say we're all pretty awful, but yeah, we can be awful people. And they make a mistake and they just, they, they throw them to the wolves. And it's like, but you, you're the one who made them your God. Like, no, they didn't ask for this. They just did what they, what they wanted to do. They were a human being and you put them in a God position. And now it's like you, people feel empty and they feel personally hurt, um, by the mistakes of celebrities. So that's a really cool thing to, to know that you don't go back to somebody more than once, like, or I won't say more than once. I'm not going to put those words in your mouth, but you know how to, you know how to take influence and and keep it moving, like keep it pushing and, and leave it at that. Like, okay, that's a cool idea, noted type of thing. Not this is my God. I look up to them and I have to be just like them because we're our generation is really good at that. Mm-hmm. We're back. I'll say. Right, and I don't want to force people. I'm not forcing anyone. I can't make anyone do anything. That's the thing about. Uh, Uh, making someone your God is like, no one can make you do anything. They can only influence you. We choose what we want to do. Um, But I would encourage people to read their Bible. The Bible always talks about don't put your trust trust in a human. Like, you know, it says that we're nothing but a breath of air. You know, when we stop breathing, what are we anymore? So why would we make someone who is also just a breath of air our God? So, yeah. I'm so curious as to what brought you to that, um, oh, what is it, the, that revelation um, in your own life, because of course that's not natural to us to ever feel that way. It's always, I want to be on top. I want to be the best. I want to get recognition. So what was it um, in your heart that changed when you realized, actually, no, I don't want to be the front of this. I don't want people to come to me as their source, but you wanted to point them to someone bigger. So I was like very insecure about myself and I wanted I wanted to be liked by people. I wanted to be accepted, it, especially if I um, really admired someone. My at the time, it's like their acceptance of me was deter like it determined my worth. If they didn't like me, then I felt like I needed to change myself to ensure that they like me. Um, and it was a realization that seeking people's approval, I'm essentially bowing down to them. I'm, I have to myself to their opinion in order for them to, um, I just essentially submit myself to their opinion because I, I told myself that their opinion of me is, is more valuable than my own. And I just got tired of that, you know, like that's stressful. I don't, it's just, it's too much to try and be liked, you know? So it's still a struggle, but I'm, I work through it. I love that. That visual is good, too. Like, literally, it's like bowing down to someone. It's like, oh, Belly, you don't like that? Okay, I can do something else. Like, you win this time. And you keep allowing somebody to just, like, win and, like, take your power. Um, and that reminds me of when I met Carrie Foe um, last year. One of my, She was, like, one of my favorite rappers ever. Um, and... I remember going up to her and like telling her like, yeah, um, so could you give me any tips? Because like, you know, I have a podcast and da, 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 da. And she would just like listen and then she would respond. And then I remember like going home, going back to my dorm and crying. <laughs> Cause I was like, what? Like, I needed you to tell me that like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> we need all laugh now, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I needed you to tell me, like, you were so dope. <laughs> I so like I- her office. <laughs> Nobody would ever say this. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> because it's just like, I legitimately have over, like, got to tell me overcoming. Because it's just like, it really is so funny. Because it's like, what? Like you said earlier, people are just a breath. We're all just human beings. <laughs> and it's just literally so funny because... I thought that if she told me I was cold, then nobody could tell me <laughs> No one could tell me anything. Um, I think we yeah. hear like these stories, like where that that will happen, where it's like they told me I was cold and my life changed forever. Like Naomi <laughs> Campbell being discovered and becoming a top model, like it just all it's 
it seems like fantasy, but it does happen to some people. And we we aspire for that to happen to us. And it's like, oh, no, girl. Like, <laughs> Yes, yes. Journey, she's always kept it like very level because I was the type to be like, Journey, so-and-so retweeted us. Like, so-and-so gave us a feature. And then she's like, yay. She's like, that is excellent. <laughs> And I'd be like in all caps, like key smashing. <laughs> but she keeps it. She keeps it so level, and like I, like that's because you understand. Like people are people, and I just think that we can do that. And especially when we have these opportunities to be um, some type of influencer, like anybody can have a platform at this point. And so, like remembering that people are just people. That you can't look to them to be the book in like or read someone's biography, or even if they're going in the exact direction that you want to go into, their journey is going to be considerably different. So you can take what they have already laid out, but then you have to try it in your own way and some things will fit that didn't fit for them or it'll be vice versa for you. Um, But yeah, I think that's an incredible, incredible lesson that we all can just laugh about because like, it's, it's really about what is the the true source of where you get your convictions and where you have made the foundation of whatever you do? Like not even just for business, but like, is this just who you are? And just for like the people who are listening to you, I I feel like we're kind of talking about identity too in this. And we have to really assess what do we put our identity and worth in? So are we putting our identity in? Because you'll see people, they post of, if someone puts their value in the way they look, they will post nonstop that particular thing that people compliment them, you know, them on. Um, so we have to be very careful to recognize that our talents are gifts and they're not meant for us. They're meant to be shared. And um, yeah, so let me stop there before I start rambling. No, seriously, even I was just thinking about when you said identity, we are all people who um, grew up in kind of like suburban areas. Raquel, right? I'm I'm not making that up, right? Okay. And (laughs) our first episode of Fake Deep was stuck in the suburbs. And a lot of the things that we talked about in that first episode was um, in relation to where we grew up. And I realized that over time, I put a lot of my identity in where I grew up. And now it's like, I'm an adult, I'm coming into my own, I don't live in that same place anymore. And I would, you know, there's a big part of me that would love to do something that's amazing, that pops off, that gets attention. And there's also part of me that's like, but you're still that girl from from Jacksonville. Like, that's not New York, baby. Like, that's not LA. That's not a place where that can even happen for you. So it's really, it's, it's super affirming just to hear both of you all talk about remembering your identity, like your true identity and not putting it in other people because other people will tell you that you're not in the physical space to make your dreams happen. And we're all people doing the things that we want to do, the things that we feel called to do. And we're not in that, we're not in that New York City, LA, like we're making it happen right here from our bedrooms, you know? And so I just really hope that the people that are listening, especially the people who have been with us from stuck in the suburbs to now, like a lot of y'all also are from similar backgrounds and just remember that like you are not where you're from. Like that's not all you are. You don't have to make that your identity because people will people will use that and try to profit off of it. My um uh, my friend was telling me that he he met this uh this white girl who's from South Africa and her thing was like I'm white, but like, I'm from Africa. Like, so technically I'm at, you know, and she made that her identity. And I was like, you know, that's that's really sad. Like I really would hope for her in the future and I'm not even trying to be shady, but just in general <laughs> that we can identify in something beyond where we grew up. Um, Cause that's a tired story. Absolutely. And where I, where I came from, that's tired and it has to go. We have to move beyond that. Yeah, there's so many layers to finding your identity. Like, I, I, when I first got to Howard, I was thinking that my identity was being from the suburbs. I was thinking that, okay, maybe not that. So let's move on. And then in the show, we were like, okay, so your interests, what you're into, like your, um, your favorite color, think about the things that make you passionate. Like, those are who you are. That's your identity outside of people and outside of things. 
And then now we're getting deeper and we're like, okay, actually, that's not really who you are. (laughs) But, you know, it's more about, you know, how you feel, what you're... um, what on the inside can't be taken away is the things that you can't see. But even further than that, now we understand it's who you belong to <laughs> and like who's you are. It's like, okay, like what is what is your identity tied to that, you know, is eternal? And even the things that we can feel can be fleeting. Like if you tie something to your happiness, like capitalism does, saying like, this will make you happy, buy it. We know that it's a fleeting thing, but what is something that the world didn't give you so it can't take away? Mm. And that's, you know, the joy that you have knowing that you are, you know, pleasing God and also loving others. Um, so, yeah, it's just all these levels getting stripped back. But, you know, it just comes with the life thing, you know. It's really levels to this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, we've been here rapping for a while. Um and this has been really fulfilling. Uh, Raquel, is there anything that you would like to plug? This is your time to shine. You've been shining the whole show and we're so grateful for that. We are reflecting your light. But <laughs> if there's anything that you would like to drop or plug or have people follow, what's up? Um, okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at um, Renaissance Rock. Um, you could also follow my platform. There's not much on it yet, but it's it's coming. Um, my silent protest. Um, yeah. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think that's it. And then if you want to get the mask, you can go on my Etsy and it's slash Renaissance Rock. Nice. And we'll be linking all this in the bio so y'all can like click links and everything. So it'll be easy to find. Um, is there anything you would like to stand? <laughs> isn't that ironic (laughs) (laughs) right we have a whole segment so (laughs) I love it Mm. Uh, I would like to stand I don't want to mess up his um, his last name but this rapper named Toby Wigney you guys know I think I know you're talking about yeah I just found his music I'm really you know I don't just listen to Kirk Franklin y'all like you know some diversity so yeah i think that's why i stand right now his tiny desk is very very good that's yes. the first thing i saw yeah toby nwigwe or something yeah n-w-i-g-w-e yeah how about you journey uh i would like to stand this Black-owned Howard alum business called Grounded. They do a plant subscription service, and they just launched this week. They launched on Wednesday. Uh, Their site was live at 3 p.m. They were sold out by 7 p.m., and I didn't get a chance to get a plant. So um, I would just like to stand them for having a really good rollout. They they got the hype rolling. They got a couple things attached to their to their business, the fact that they're one black owned and Howard alum, like Howard people just go hard for supporting each other and it shows. So that was really beautiful to see that they sold out even though I didn't get something that I wanted. I'm happy for them. Um, Cause I have plants here I should take care of, like they're dying. So why would I get a new plant, right? So shout out to Grounded and I'll leave their uh, website in the show notes as well. So as soon as they restock, people can support them. What about you, Brooks? Well, I like to stand two things. Um, First, I will stand this book called Head in the Clouds, Feet on the Ground, A Survival Guide for Creatives, Visionaries, and Dreamers by Ryan Romeo. And the whole thing, if you loved this conversation, you will love that book because it's literally this faith-based book about dreams and how um, God wants us to have our dreams fulfilled um, more than we even want them to if he put them in our hearts for them to come to pass because there's so many people attached to your dream and actually coming true. Um, So that's a really great book that I would recommend. I'm not too far in it yet. Um, I think about 50 pages is about a 200-page book, so it's pretty thin. Um, but I, and then the second person that I want to, saving it for last because she's special, Tanzania um, underscore awe um, on Instagram. She has this four part poetry series that is on her Instagram called Ran Out of Me. 
Um, and it's, yeah, by Tanzania A. Williams. And it's so beautiful. It really talks about being someone who has run out of just who you are in this moment. Like you're just, it's like that when you snap kind of moment, like, all right, I'm so tired of being who I am right now. I ran out of it. I ran out of being the friend that no longer cares to hear you perfectly crafted fears. The lover I once was can't bear to see your inquisitive and judging stares. The daughter I've been has no more counterfeit love left to give. The sister you knew has no more strength to fend off the lions in the den. And it's just, that was like the, one of the first parts of the poem, but then it gets, um, it starts to end with, um, she allowed the world to tell her that the, the ugliness within her is her greatest enemy when she knows it's the reason they love her. So it's all about um, really accepting the, the parts of you that are true and have been like so irritated by people trying to change who you are and now you're like okay I'm breaking free I'm gonna start to move um towards my purpose and who I actually was created to be so that was an amazing poem series and I meant to shout that out last week but yeah, yeah she snapped so good all right so before we wrap up um everybody this is a reminder to check out our Patreon. You can use that to support us. Send the link to somebody who can support us. If you can't, you know the deal. Um, I finally have the t-shirts for the people who ordered them. And I also have fake deep stickers. So if people want a sticker, let me know. And I was originally planning to just like hand them out on campus, but alas. Um, so I can mail them to people if you really want it. Um, probably just like pay me for the shipping fee or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Um, but thank you always for your support, Raquel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, make sure everybody checks us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast. And thank you all for listening to Fake Deep Podcast. Where we're fake deep, but not real shallow. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>